Welcome in to another great edition of that sports show. This is not just any sports show. This is not this sports show. That is not that other thing over there. This is that sports show. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. This from Impact Media. This is our weekly venture into the world of everything from football to Atlanta United. We throw college football in there, NFL, all the various things. We really try to centralize a lot on the Atlanta area, but hey, we talk global stuff because sports are global. Appreciate you joining us. As I know, if, you, uh, if you're if you listening live, that means you're probably watching this Thursday night game that, that uh, is just about to kick off. And in all likelihood, you're probably looking at it going, it's probably not going to be a very good game. Keep this in mind. All right. For people who don't know, it's the Bengals and the Jaguars. Uh, Bengals are starting to surge a little bit. The Jaguars are two losses away from being the third team ever to lose 20 in a row. Not entirely their fault. It happens. But these short week games, sometimes the weirdest thing can happen. A lot of times the dog in the matchup ends up doing well. So... I think the Jaguars have got a good chance. That being said, this is one. This is not one of my official games we will talk about here in a minute. But I, I'm still taking Cincinnati in this. Joe Burrow is really doing some good things. He's got Jamar Chase. He's got Joe Mixon. Their line is actually pretty decent, and their defense is doing some good things. Kind of like where the Bengals are at. There is a chance they could be second or third in their division by the end of this. Joe Burrow's fired up. We just saw him get off the uh, elliptical bike there. But uh, thanks for tuning in, you know. It's been a, a crazy week, a hectic week. Um, we are usually slightly behind in uh, trying to keep up and catch up with all the things we need to for the week. We're super behind this week. But I wanted to get on here, and I wanted to have this show tonight. Because it needs to be out. We're going to talk about some fun things for sure. I'm going to start with uh, I'm going to start with my picks from last week. Uh, I'll give you my picks for this week. That is pro and college. There's five games I pick each and every week. Uh, we'll um, at that point we will maybe talk talk a little Georgia State. Some Atlanta United, then we'll go Falcons NFL to finish up. That that sounds like for now that's what we're gonna do. So you never know. It can go off the rails. It can um you know there's a good chance we just call the audible. Call the old Omaha. Side note on that, by the way. Side note. If you guys I understand it's been hit or miss. It's been pretty hit for me. The Manning brothers, uh Eli and Peyton 
for the alternate commentary of the Monday Night Football, I'm enjoying it. Look, I like the, the Monday Night Football usual broadcast team, but I like the fact that Peyton and Eli, they're telling you what to look for in formations, what they would do. They're say uh, telling you stories from their past or bringing on fun guests. They had Nick Saban on the other day. Uh, they've had, uh, I mean, heck, Eli Manning shot the double bird the other night, and I don't think they edited it in time because I'm pretty sure I saw it. Oh, it's pretty funny. They're entertaining. Uh, it's going to be a couple more weeks before they do another one, I believe. Like week seven and week eight, maybe, are the next ones. But tune into these things. They're fun. Sorry, I had to take a uh, good swig of coffee there. And... Um, Unlike a couple other shows, and these are not shots at those shows because uh, some of them are good friends of mine and people I've met along the way, I can tell you what kind of coffee that uh, I'm drinking because, well, they're one of the sponsors of the show. I'm drinking coffee from the Buttered Udder. You guys know our friends at the Buttered Udder. If you are in the greater Carrollton or Bremen, Georgia area, we are out here near the Alabama line. If you're in either of those two places, look up the Buttered Udder for just off-the-wall handmade, awesome, just the best ice cream you're going to have. Um, they've got uh, breakfast quiches that I eat pretty regularly. They're good. They've got uh, cheesecake. They've got peanut butter pie. They've got, uh, you know, regular drinks to go with all this as well. They've got other baked goods like brownies and cookies and things like that. Uh, just just stop by and and. and Say hello and get get a good quality sweet treat for yourself. Remember, Buttered Utter. You, you can catch them on all the social medias. Uh, if you're having trouble finding them, reach out to us. We will happily do that. And there's a good chance if you go by there uh, in the early evenings, there's a good chance you're going to run into one of us because that's about when we come through. But uh, like I said, good coffee from them. I already had my piece of pie on the way home. Uh, now looking forward to the show. My picks. Let's start with college from last week. I ended up going two and three overall. Well, let's start with the hits. I said take Notre Dame over Wisconsin, 41-13. to Yeah. I also said to take Baylor over Iowa State. That's the one I hit. What is the other one hit? Yes. Uh... 31 to 29 was the score there. Here's where I missed. I said take Arkansas over Texas A&M. Gosh darn it. Or no, I said take Texas A&M over Arkansas. My bad. Arkansas took that one. They've got a big matchup coming up. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. I also said to take Stanford over UCLA. Well, Chip Kelly made me look dumb again. I said quit picking against him. That being said, I believe we're going to talk about his next game. Yep, we sure are. And I also said take Cal over Washington. The Cal Bears just didn't put it together. Uh, 31-24 in that one. I went 2-3. and three. On my pro picks. Did a little better in the pro picks. Um, told you to take San Francisco over Green Bay on Sunday night. Or no, Monday night maybe. Yeah. And, uh, no, that was Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday night. And, uh, well, Aaron Rodgers made me look dumb. 30-28, to 28, you gave him too much time on the clock at the end. He was able to march down 
get in field goal range. Wasn't the best field goal of the day, but Mason Crosby still knows how to put it between the wickets. 30-28, to 28, that was a miss. It ended up being my only miss because I told you to take the Rams over Tampa Bay, 34-24, in the late afternoon game. Told you to take the Dallas Cowboys over the Philadelphia Eagles. How about 41-21 to on Monday night? Told you to take Cincinnati over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is falling apart. We will talk about that here in a few here a little later. 24-10 in that one. These Bengals, man. If they did that to Pittsburgh, what could they do to Jacksonville? Just saying. And also, I told you to take Buffalo over the Washington football team that have also sprung a leak in the boat, and they're bailing water quickly. 20, uh, 43 to 21 in that one. So 4-1 my pro picks. Still pretty good on those. I kind of alternate back and forth. I've had some good college weeks. Either way, let's get to my picks for this week before we change gears. Uh, let's start with college. Number eight, Arkansas is going between the hedges to take on University of Georgia Bulldogs. That is a noon kickoff ESPN game there. Um, I guess I'll be watching that from the Georgia State game. I tell you. I have a couple little gentlemen's agreements. I have a few vested interests in uh, in UGA uh, not running the table. But uh, one of the people I have said agreement with uh, asked me, about what I thought about the rest of the season today. And I said, I said, you know, if UGA were to have a magical season, run the table, do these just fantastic things, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. It would be great to see the Bulldogs have one of those just magical seasons. So, you know, I think that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the smart pick. I'm not gonna try to get cute with this one. I'm picking the Georgia Bulldogs. I know they're ranked number two. I think on paper they are the most solid team, up and down roster wise. I think uh, Alabama is just a smidge better when it comes to being on the grass. But if those two played right now, it would be real hard not to pick the red and black. And also. Just because I pick UGA, if uh, Arkansas wanted to help me on my gentleman's agreement, yeah, I think UGA could recover. I think they're fine. I think UGA is going to win this. They're probably going to win it by 10-plus points, just to guess. Although those early games are not always great. Uh, not always great starts for UGA. So they could struggle early. If Arkansas could put some, some points on the board early. We might have us a good game. Either way, I'm taking UGA. Number 24, Wake Forest. They are hosting uh, Louisville. Louisville at 3-1, Wake Forest at 4-0. Wake Forest, there is a chance they might be the best team in the ACC. And, I mean, no disrespect to Clemson. Clemson is is in a rebuild year. They're not going to be terrible, but they are not guns blazing like they were. Turns out when they don't have a quarterback named Trevor or Deshaun, that they're not a world beater. Now, it's not just the quarterbacks. They've lost probably what in the last in, in the years, in the last five years, I would say, they've probably lost 
probably 60 or 65 players in general to the NFL, with probably 30 of them being potential pro bowlers. So, you know, it's kind of hard to reload sometimes. And sometimes uh, you, you get a class that you got to tweak the system. You can't run the same system all the time. Your opponents will figure it out. But let's see. Let's go. Here's the dilemma. I could see Louisville winning this game. I could see Wake Forest winning this game. It's kind of a 50-50 toss-up to me. However, for the sake of having a strong, out-of-nowhere team out of the ACC, give me Wake Forest to win. Um, I'd like to see Wake Forest have a really good season, uh, potentially with one or two losses, maybe win the ACC, and possibly, you know, get in the playoff hit. I think that would it would be interesting. Uh, a big dominating win versus Louisville definitely helped them do that. Uh, number seven, Cincinnati is going to Notre Dame of South Bend there. Notre Dame is ranked nine, I think. I think it's a nine versus seven, or maybe it's four. I can't remember. They're both ranked in the top ten. I know that. This is the 230 NBC game. Of course, it's NBC. It's Notre Dame. Because we all know during the college season, the NBC stands for Notre Dame because we can. That's fine, though. Hey, great TV deal. Notre Dame doesn't need its own network. It has one. And they're playing good football, so now we're getting the opportunity to uh, see good football every Saturday. I really like what the Irish are doing. Brian Kelly doing some fantastic things. Uh, Cincinnati is a place where he coached before, and I heard him on the Dan Patrick Show say, oh, yeah. Uh, we booked Cincinnati. We booked some of these places that I've that I were stops for me before, and uh, boy, they weren't this good when we booked them. They are now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick Cincinnati to win this. I would like to see Notre Dame win, but gosh, if the University of Cincinnati can can come out of nowhere and put themselves on the map the way Coastal Carolina has, App State, these other ones throughout the years that uh, are not from the traditional conferences, and hey. Go Cincinnati. Number 10, Florida is hosting Kentucky. That is a 3-1 Florida team versus a 4-0 Kentucky team. I think these are two teams that could also upset the apple cart that is the UGA season. Possibly. They're, they're ones that I would pencil. Beyond that, the season looks good, Bulldog fans, let's be honest. Um, and I'll be honest, uh, I would like to see a strong Florida team face UGA later on in the year. But also, it would be nice to see Kentucky go 5-0. Kentucky's had some small wins here and there. I think Florida's got too much firepower. Uh, give me the Florida Gators at the uh, 6 p.m. ESPN game. And you guys know I have an affinity for the late games. I want to make sure to get a good late game in here. I told you we were talking about UCLA again. Number 20, UCLA, is going to host Arizona State. It's the 1030 FS1 game. There's a chance I'll be home in time to see that. That would be fun. That would be uh, very entertaining to see. Uh, you guys know I am an Arizona State fan a little bit because 
like I said, I like them. I like Hawaii. I just kind of got used to them because I would get home from whatever I was doing that Saturday, whether it was uh, football games, um, just whatever I was doing. I would get home that that you know Saturday night, and most of the time you're you're still hyped up from what you were doing, adrenaline flowing and everything. So I flip on and see what games are on. A lot of times Arizona and Arizona State and Cal and Oregon State, Oregon, Hawaii. All of those, uh, Stanford a lot of times, they were all like 10, 30, 11 o'clock games starting. So you get home, you get you get to watch a good bit of it before you fall asleep. UCLA has made me look good one week when I picked them. They made me look bad the next week when I did not pick them, including last week when uh, they beat Stanford. I'm going to say as much as I like Herm Edwards, I think UCLA is, is going to win this one. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Let's go to the NFL. or Let's recap those real quick. I've got number two, UGA, winning at home over number eight, Arkansas. I have got number 24, Wake Forest, winning at home versus a 3-1 and one Louisville team. I've got number seven, Cincinnati, over uh, on the road over Notre Dame. I've got number 10, Florida. Uh, beating Kentucky in Kentucky. And I've got UCLA beating Arizona State at home. Let's see what happens to those. Uh, let's see. By the time... Probably right around halftime, I will about know the outcomes of two of those for Georgia State. So uh, we'll be able to update those live. We'll talk about the Georgia State game in a minute. Uh, my pro picks. I did not pick tonight's game. It's just uh, these Thursday games, they, they can get you sometimes. So I, I like to stay away from them when I can. I do think it's going to be a good matchup, a fun matchup. Two teams you wouldn't normally see. Uh, but that being said, let's go. Uh, Cleveland at Minnesota. This is a 1 p.m. CBS game. Cleveland is uh, two and one, I think, and Minnesota one and two. But their victory last week, goodness, Kirk Cousins. Last time he played that good, his Spartans beat my Wolverines, and uh, can't lie, there's there's still part of me that's mad about that. Uh, but also, Cleveland has uh, really been putting it on people, and they may not have Jarvis Landry, who uh, I would say is their best receiver. But they did get their second-best receiver back, Odell Beckham Jr. I look for some uh, some some uh, fireworks in this one. I think Cousins versus uh, Baker is going to be a fantastic just duel. So um, until proven otherwise, though, I just think Cleveland is a better team than Minnesota. I think Minnesota's defense is underrated. But give me the Cleveland Browns in that one. The Cardinals are going to travel to L.A. to take on the Rams. This is the 405 Fox game. These are uh, two undefeated teams. They're both 3-0. and uh, A lot of people know what the Rams have been up to because uh, they get a little more coverage. That being said, Arizona, as uh, sometimes they play down to their opponents and then have to uh, have a spectacular laser light fireworks show at the end to, uh, to bring it back. But Kyler Murray is one of the most interesting players to watch, most entertaining players to watch right now. If you get the opportunity, you should definitely do that. Give me the Rams. 
this is going to this is going to look a lot like the Tampa Bay game for a minute, and then the Rams are going to pull away just just the same way. Uh, Arizona has ways of pulling plays out of nowhere because of Kyler Murray, because he can move around and things. Give me the Rams and Matt Stafford, who has got to be the MVP candidate at the moment. But uh, that's going to be a fun one. Somebody's definitely getting their first loss. Uh, we go to Baltimore. It's taking on Denver in Denver. That is the 425 CBS game. These are all Eastern Standard Time. So if you listen to me somewhere else, some other time zone, do the math accordingly. Uh, Baltimore at Denver. Uh, Denver's look nice. Uh, they Bridgewater is is not causing chaos. You know he's not sinking the ship and he's keeping them uh, floating on the water. He's doing a good job there. Their defense is starting to make plays and make bigger uh, impacts on the game. Look at Baltimore. They've kind of stumbled a little bit. Them and Pittsburgh are stumbling kind of the way I thought they would. Uh, Baltimore was helped out by one of the, the best kicks in NFL history. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a little while. Um, I just think right now Denver played some pretty easy people so far. They're going to start to run into some people that uh, have a little more grit and determination, have a little more uh, bite to their attack. Give me... This is in Denver. I'm going to say a Justin Tucker field goal probably decides this. I'm going to give me Baltimore. It's going to be, you know, 20 to 17 or something like that. It's, it's going to come down to a, a kick, and uh, I trust Justin Tucker to do it. Tampa Bay at New England. You th- didn't think I was going to not pick this game right. Tampa Bay at New England. Sunday night football on NBC. Tom Brady returns and probably smashes his former team. Uh, hopefully they get the handshakes, hugs, pleasantries out before uh, the pregame because uh, I, 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 it's going to be close for a little bit because Tampa's struggled here lately. But beyond that, uh, Tampa should roll this one. They, they've got way more firepower than I think New England can, can contain. Mac Jones does not look good, so I don't, I don't think he's going to do a lot of He's not going to be able to air it out, which is the way to to combat this Tampa Bay defense. Is is to uh, I mean they just signed they just signed Richard Sherman uh, because they need corner help bad. They they have injuries, they have people here and there, dicked up, dinged, dinged up. Uh, just uh, you know, Sherman probably won't play this week either. So I think you take Tampa Bay. And keep in mind, Brady is like 60-something yards, 63, 65, 68 yards from taking the overall yardage, overall pass yards title from Drew Brees. My guess is is the NFL, whether New England is going to do it or not, it's odd that he's doing it against New England, but I wonder they should stop the game and at least acknowledge it. A lot of people have said this strategy. I like what, what Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk said. Uh, what's to say that New England doesn't try to get Tom Tommy emotional and uh, get him off his game a little bit? Kind of the, the the real you know touching video tribute, stopping the game to to praise. Hey, he got most of those yards here. You know things like that. 
why not? It's New England's got to try something. You might as well try emotional warfare. But I still take the Bucks. And lastly, Monday Night Football. This is going to be a laser light show, I think, too. Las Vegas Raiders are going to L.A. to take on the Chargers. I said Monday Night Football on ESPN. Still, still give me the, the, the Vegas Raiders. Give me the Vegas Raiders. Uh, Herbert versus Carr, this is going to be really, really good. But just, I think the Raiders have it going a little bit more than the Chargers. To recap the pro picks, I got Cleveland on the road over Minnesota. I've got the Rams at home over Arizona. I have got Baltimore on the road versus Denver. I have got Tampa on the road in New England. And I have got the Raiders on the road versus the Chargers. Now, let's talk a little bit of Georgia State. What has Georgia State done the last week? Well, I'll tell you. Georgia State went to Auburn, uh, got paid to go to Auburn. Part of it, part of the, the model. They controlled the game for 59 minutes, including leading. They were leading for 59 minutes. And then with Auburn surgeon, now to be, to be fair, they had to go 95 yards or so to uh, to uh, get in, in touchdown range. They needed a touchdown. They were down five or six points. Let's see. They were down, I think they were down five. Uh, the trench battle was being won by Georgia State. Defensive line was dominating. Offensive line was dominating. They were doing some fantastic things there. They were containing the Auburn run. Auburn's got two or three guys that are like all-world runners, and they weren't doing squat. They couldn't hardly get anything going. Uh, Tucker, Greg, and uh, the, the running back core were just having fantastic days. Tucker, Greg, man, it's go get it. Go get it, young man. He is uh, broke out in the last couple games. Unbelievable runner, doing some uh, great things. Like I said, they led for 59 minutes, and we all kind of mentioned this. Coach mentioned this during the press conference. It got picked up. ESPN ran with it, uh, but he would know. And he says, uh, you know, they get pretty close, and then there's um, there's an interesting string of calls where SEC refs basically helped Auburn out a little bit. He didn't say it blatantly, but Coach would know. Because before he was with Georgia State, for people who don't know, Coach Sean Elliott was the interim, and before that, one of the coordinators under the Steve Spurrier offense at South Carolina. He played in the SEC. He knows about SEC. And while could Georgia State have made some other choices? Sure. It definitely didn't hurt Auburn's chances when they got a few favorable calls. So, just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say it's an excuse because, hey, at the end of the day, it's uh, 34-24. At the end of the day, Auburn won. But I'm here to tell you, they kind of joked about this, but there may be some truth to it. Georgia State may have uh, inadvertently made sure that SEC schools will keep them off their calendar. Keep them off their schedules for a little while because uh, they a couple years ago they beat Tennessee. 
They almost beat Auburn in Auburn, and Auburn's a good, really good program. So, shout out to to the Georgia State Panthers. So they, like I said, just go watch that game. If you haven't watched that game, even though you know the outcome, go watch it. They controlled everything. Anything Auburn tried to do, it got this way. It got to a point where Bo Nix got dinged up, dinged up enough where he couldn't come back in. They had another kid come in, number one, who kind of reminded me of another uh, quarterback they had with a one on it a little bit. And uh, he kind of brought him back into it. But without a couple of those calls, I don't think they're in that game. And I'll just say it there. Once my show. I have no affiliations with anybody, but uh, I think um, I think the Panthers got hosed a little bit. Now, we can scrabble about that all we want, but starting this week, it's conference play, which is what matters the most. Making it to the Sun Belt's conference. Uh, they may be one in three in non-conference games, but just because they're one in three, they're just going to start their conference now. And who do they get first? They get Appalachian State. This game is at 2 p.m. on Saturday. That's why I was alluding to some of the earlier games will be uh, mostly over when this one's about halfway over. Uh, I like 2 o'clock games, and I like 7 o'clock games at uh, Center Park Stadium because you just get, you get different vibes there. It's really nice under the lights, but it's really nice... In uh, the early afternoon there, uh, you can really get some good stuff. Just really get a, a good vibe going. It's 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 a good time to go down and check out a game, which tickets are still available for this. I think it's starting as low as about 17, 18 bucks. So check it out. But uh, we'll be doing some videos, of course, and uh, as we say on those videos, I will do a pre- uh, pre-game, halftime, and post-game uh, little short videos that usually end up on our social medias. If you want to watch these special, you know, exclusive, exclusive videos, you need to subscribe to me on Triller and or TikTok because that is the only place you can find those videos. And it's uh, I show you different parts of the stadium. Uh, tell you cool little stories about either how it how it pertains to something in my life or how it pertains to maybe the history of the place. Uh, I got some places in mind. Now that it won't be pouring down rain this weekend at this game, uh, my options are a little more uh, open as things I can show you. But uh, come on down and find us. You know what? You know the deal. If you see me out at these events, at these games, as long as I'm not recording, maybe even if I am sometimes, but as long as I'm not recording, hit me up. Take a selfie, post it up on social media, tag us in it, and we'll send you some swag. It's that easy. Maybe I'll bring it at the next game. Maybe there's a chance I'll have swag with me Saturday. And, uh, you know, if you find me, maybe I'll give you some swag then. Or if nothing else, I'll buy you a burger. But uh, I think Georgia State has a really good shot. The way their defense has been shutting down opposing run games and, and really consolidating other teams' offenses. And the way this offense, through the run game and through taking shots down the field, having Darren Grangery and having Tucker Gregg starting at the running back position, it's it's given this team a spark. So 
I think there's a real good chance we're going to have a really good game, and I think there's a real good chance the Panthers have this victory. I'll break it down more during the pregame, but Georgia State has a fantastic shot, and I look forward to it. So come join us down there Saturday at 2 o'clock. I want to go over Atlanta United real quick. Uh, Hadn't got a chance to hit them, talk about them a lot, so I'm going to talk about them a little bit here. Uh, Of course, they had the 1-0 loss to Philly. That made it to where they had won eight of their last ten. They had put themselves right back in the middle of the playoff race. Uh, They kind of looked tired during that one. They were in eighth at one point. Um, And then uh, just yesterday, they beat Miami one to nothing. And And the one goal was Joseph Martinez's 100th career goal as a member of Atlanta United. Yep, in just about four seasons. It's just about four seasons because he spent almost all of last year injured. In just about four seasons, he has 100 career goals for Atlanta United. He says 100's great. He's going for 200. Or now he's going to go for 200. It's possible. It's real possible. He's only about 28 years old or so. Even if he's 30, he's well within range to do that. That's only averaging 20. If he averages 25 a year, he'll do it in four more years. He averages 20 a year. I mean, you know, he, he can average 15 goals a year and do it in about six and a half years. It's pretty easy to do because it's not just the MLS season. This Every tournament they play, there's about to be a new tournament starting up. Atlanta United, man, they after their victory, I believe, they are in fifth. The highest they could get is third. You want to get third or fourth, you're not going to catch one and two. They're they're bombing everybody. But if you can get up to third or fourth, you get to host a playoff game, and I think that is going to be the target goal. You want the United faithful there to cheer you on, and to it's a home field advantage. It can alter what the other team does. So, you know, we're going to talk more Atlanta United next week, but just kudos to them on being right back in the middle of this thing when before the coaching change we were all kind of shaking our head like I guess we were due for a down year most people start that way we started on the up we were due for a down year but a quick coaching change and a few little shuffles of the roster and we're right back in it it's just fantastic if you haven't seen a United game go down there it's the best ticket in town uh, honestly in my opinion for the money for the experience everything uh Go to Atlanta United game. Sit anywhere, but go to the tailgate. Um, go to a uh, Atlanta Gladiators up at Duluth. Go to Atlanta Gladiators. Fantastic. Every time you go, no bad place, no bad seat in the place. And go to a Georgia State game. Th- those are three of my favorite things to do. Even when I'm not covering them, I still like to go to them because they're just fantastic atmospheres. Um, let's see... Let's talk a little Falcons. We'll go Falcons, we'll go NFL, and we'll get out of here. Uh, Falcons, they had the win in New York as New York was honoring Eli Manning. Well, the Falcons said the best way we can honor Eli Manning is by beating the Giants. Now, the Giants were the better team for a lot of the time. Matt Ryan has been doing everything in the world to keep this team in it, and I think he absolutely was.
And it came down to Matt needed to get him in field goal range so that Young Ho Koo, who kicked for Georgia Southern, that's a whole another mess. I don't. I may do a, a special video about that, or I don't know. You guys probably know the situation by now. Just know, in every situation, there is more that you don't know than what you do know. And in my honest opinion, what happened at Southern was is they have been looking for a reason to move on, and they found one. I think uh, I think their coach is a is a good guy. I think he's a good coach. Uh, I'm going to kind of miss getting to see him coach against us. But, yeah. There's there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on down there. And until they iron it out, it's still going to be chaos. And I hope they do because it's it's a quality organization. I mean, it's quality uh, collegiate association. It's, it's, a, it's quality people down there. I like going down there. Been down there four games. They got to get their act together. That's that's what needs to happen. It's not fair to the to the young men and, and women that are a part of of uh, their sports programs and and just college students in general. But let's go back to uh, Falcons. Young Hoku gets in. He hits the big field goal. Seventeen fourteen Falcons. They get win number one. They're one and two. And in the last two weeks, they are showing life. They looked lifeless in the first game. They showed a lot of promise in the second game. And, hey, they hung on long enough and beat another bad team by a field goal. That counts. Uh, Grady Jarrett and Dante Fowler look really good. They uh, both had a sack apiece, had some big-time tackles as well. The the top weapon on this offense is Cordero Patterson. Absolutely. It is Cordero Patterson. Uh, you know, you still got Pitts and, and Ridley, and, and you're trying to get them kind of going. You can, you can count on Patterson. Not only is he a good ball returner, but even when he's not doing that, coming out of the backfield, he is he is one to definitely go after. Absolutely one to go after. Uh, of course, we mentioned, or I, I didn't mention earlier, they are hosting the Washington football team at 1 p.m. on Fox this Sunday, that should be a pretty good one. Washington has uh, kind of took a, a slide a little bit. Heineke's a good quarterback. Um, when he when he can put everything together, and he's been he's been pretty solid. It's just the rest of their team. It's like they're all not on on the same page. And when they do put it on there, they, they're they're hopefully still going to be in their division race, but. In the state they're in right now, I think the Falcons can take this. I think the Falcons can get this victory. I think there is a very good chance of them doing so. And I think the way to do that is to get Cordero Patterson involved very early. And hopefully that will kind of wake up and open up Pitts and Ridley and Russell Gage if he's back. And uh, forgot the young guy who took over this, this week and was actually pretty good. But, uh, you know, Grady Jarrett and Dante Fowler, when they play together, they're a force. They definitely are a force. I think the Falcons can win. Uh, Quick notes in the NFL. Justin Tucker hit a 66-yard field goal, which is the NFL record, versus Detroit as time expired. Here's the interesting thing. 
uh, a handful of minutes before this, Detroit's Matt Prater, who, or, no, that was Detroit. Uh, forgot who Matt Prater plays for. Denver, maybe? I don't know. But he tried a 68-yarder that fell short, and a member of the Jaguars caught it in the end zone and returned it for 109 yards for the longest missed field goal kick return touchdown in NFL history. So congratulations to that guy. They, they talked about him here a few minutes ago. Uh, but then Justin Tucker, man, he's the best kicker. I think he's only one or two big-time kicks, maybe in the playoffs or a Super Bowl, away from uh, him and Vinatieri are the best kickers of all time. There's there's no way to argue that, in my opinion. Um, but uh, congratulations to him. It, it hit the crossbar, actually, at the top of it, and bounced over the crossbar to, to go through. It was uh, just enough. Uh, Justin Herbert decided it was supposed to be a run play uh, versus Kansas City. They were on, like, the five-yard line. They were going to uh, – the coach had told them, hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to try to run a little bit more of the clock down and then and then uh, try to kick the field goal to win. Well, Justin Herbert got in the huddle, looked at receiver Mike Williams, and said, uh, keep an eye out for the fade. They get to the line. Herbert – Audibles, Mike Williams catches in the back of the end zone. Now, that did give Kansas City a chance to, a little bit of time to try to come down and score. They were not able to, but um, when you trust somebody like Justin Herbert, a lot of times it's going to pay off. He he saw something, and he knew he could get them, and he got them. Uh, there it is. It was uh, Jamal Agnew was the uh, Jags kick returner. Uh, just, just fantastic. Fantastic there. Um. Just to put a a pin and put a button in the uh, Leo Collins suspension, he was he's basically suspended. Now that we've dug into it, and we've gotten to investigate. He was suspended for trying to bribe the drug test collector because he had missed a couple of his of uh, the random drug tests that he was supposed to take. And when you miss a couple, those are those are automatic suspensions. After you missed a couple, I don't care for what reason. You're supposed to be within like an hour. If you go somewhere, you let them know things like that if you know that you're, you're due for one, you know, but, uh, trying to bribe the drug test collector. Yeah, that's a new one. That's a new one. But Leo Collins has always had problems since the draft. He has another reclamation project from, uh, Jerry world. I don't know. As good as he is, the team's playing pretty good without him. Maybe we should consider that. Or maybe they should consider that. I'm not with the Cowboys. And uh, real quickly, quarterback vacancies versus uh, veterans who want to move on. Well, there's going to be some quarterback vacancies moving forward after this season. We know that. Um, Big Ben, if he makes it through the season, is not going to be with Pittsburgh next year. He's probably not going to be on a roster because he is completely falling apart. Um, Without looking at a list... It's off the top of my head. Um, I would say but there, there's just a couple. We'll put it that way. There's a couple. There'll be some other vacancies. Uh, maybe Denver. It's, I, I, if Bridgewater is starting over Drew Locke, then you're telling us you probably don't need Drew Locke because he's probably showed you everything he could show you. 
Uh, Bridgewater is, is just a bridge till you get somebody else. There's going to be some people available. Uh, veterans who want to move on. Well, you look two years ago, Brady moved on. He won a Super Bowl. Look at all the stuff he's doing in Tampa Bay. You see Matt Stafford finally gets out of Detroit. He goes to the Rams. They're, they're humming. Who's going to be that person next year? Um, it, is it Matt Ryan? Could Matt Ryan try to go to uh, another location? Because uh, Pittsburgh could be one to look at. That'd be a destination. There's a couple other places that are probably just a quarterback or so away from really, really just putting it on people. Um, and not just to pick on Falcons fans, because we're not, but uh, Russell Wilson is somebody who I think could be on a different team next year. We know Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a different city next year if he if he don't just retire. I think he'll keep playing, but he could just retire, you know. Um, who else? There, there, There's just a handful of them. Oh, here's another destination. Why not Indianapolis? Pittsburgh and Indianapolis are just a quarterback or so away from, from really competing. Uh, you look at uh, maybe Tennessee. They see the opportunity to try to upgrade. So there's always that. There's going to be a lot of things. We'll be talking about this throughout the weeks. So there's going to be some veterans that, that may want that change or may not get a choice and get that change because of the trade. Uh, you know, Miami, do they get Deshaun Watson? Does Philadelphia get Deshaun Watson? Does Deshaun Watson get to play at all? You know, there's those things. But it uh, looks like as good as Brissett is, is doing in Miami, uh, two is not the answer. They need to go get Deshaun Watson or uh, whoever they're going to get. You know? Now, it's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who tune in and make the show extremely fun to do. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. This has been That Sports Show. We will see you guys down the road. Deuces, gooses.